I'm Jen, she's Lex, and we're the Blachelorettes. On tonight's episode, we're talking about the epic fucking shit show. That was episode three <laughs> of season 17 of The Bachelorette. I'm just, let's be honest here, okay? We started off with some kind of unionization of all the men against Carl, who was not wrong, but was crazy. And then we yes. end the episode with all the men ganging up on a whole different guy. Let me just say, this week has been a lot. Not even just this episode, but this week and it's only Tuesday. It is only goddamn Tuesday. <laughs> But yes, we'll get into it. And then we're going to get into the episode and then devour Rachel's article later. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned because we have thoughts and we have claps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. this is a super long episode. Not like super long, but it's a longer episode than we usually put out. So just prepare for that. Maybe in editing, I can shave it down, but I doubt I will. So let's just live in the moment and live in love. How about that? Yes, exactly. Just just listen to it. Listen to the whole thing. We're entertaining. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's four hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? Like, it's all good. You guys got this. I mean, you just listen to it in parts. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. In parts. It's like your favorite <laughs> TV show. <laughs> okay. So let's do the recap, right? So the end of episode two. At the end of episode two, I forget what happened. We did not get a rose ceremony. That's right. Yes. That's we right. had we just did. at the cocktail party where Carl was going crazy and yes. starting fires. Carl was just lighting fires everywhere, had Katie a mess. And so in the beginning of this episode, we jump right back into this. We see Justin's reactions. His face is great. I cannot get over his face. <laughs> he gives the best reactions. Okay, so Justin gives good reactions, but McKenna and Diggy are still the winners for me. McKenna from Peter season and Diggy from Rachel season. But I digress. Let's oh yeah, going. Diggy gave great. <laughs> like Justin just mostly looked like bug-eyed and confused half the time. Diggy he was does. given he expressions. He just looked very... <laughs> Justin just looks very confused about what's going on. <laughs> and I even watched his Instagram story today when he was like, yo, the ca- the cameraman must have been prepped to put the camera solely on me. <laughs> Which they might have mm-hmm. realized, like, his face was giving such great reactions. I was like, yeah, we need a camera just on this guy because... <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. So Justin's giving face. The guys are yelling at Carl. Dude, because let's just, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, Carl decided to tell Katie that there are multiple guys who are not here for the right reasons. Katie gave a very yeah. impassioned speech. She cried in a corner somewhere. The producers then planted Greg to go over there and cuddle her or yep. whatever. Just like what they did with Claire and Dale last season. So it's the exact yep. same shit. Greg was, Greg was the Dale of this section. So he mm-hmm. was consoling her, yeah. asking if she was okay, which she clearly was not. Come on. Are you okay? Exactly. No. She's crying. Like, <laughs> she stressed the fuck out because this, this man told her, yeah, some people aren't here for the right reasons, but I can't tell you who. No one named Carl has a good rap in my book, except for Carl from Family Matters. Like, the dad whose name was Carl. Winslow. Yes. He's I actually the only don't good know Carl in my life. He is. I, that, I actually don't know any Carls who are cool. Like, they're all a little weird. So don't name your kid Carl. Just don't do it. And if your kid's named Carl, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, mistake. The guys yell at Carl a lot. Fine. We go into the rose right. ceremony. Well, we don't We don't go into the rose ceremony. First, Katie's, there's no more cocktail party. 
oh, we're right. going straight to the rose ceremony. Which, so, which pisses the guys off because some of them had zero time with her because she's been dealing with this bullshit. Literally, there's like four people who talked to her. It's yeah. Like 20 dudes who didn't even see her face. Yeah, exactly. I swear to God, there's still like two or three men who have never spoken to her at all. <laughs> but they go straight into the rose ceremony where Katie's... <laughs> Katie, she gets through what, like four roses? And then she finally gets to Mike P. And Mike P has a little speech. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, the guys and I feel like everything Carl said was untrue. And Katie's like, oh, Why you had to open your mouth? So now Katie feels a type of way and she's off, oh, fuck. Like she walks off. She just walks off, doesn't tell him anything. And Tasha and Caitlin have to comfort her. And she's like, Well, the guy said, they don't really think Carl's like truthful, but I initially was gonna give Carl a rose, and I was like, "What? Why? This girl? Why would you give that man? He's so it. annoying. Like even <laughs> without this whole thing, he's just annoying. Like <laughs> he is hella annoying. Okay, so first of all, the first person she gives a rose is David, who is a black yes. girl I don't think she's ever spoken to. Have they ever spoken ever? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if she she's ever spoken to David. And so I was kind of like, what? And then I was like, oh, that's cool. And it was the kombucha lady face. Like, huh? Oh. Yeah. It was like 50-50 on that, but glad another black man's there. That's right. That's right. So four roses she dips. And in the previous episode for the dates, she gave out roses to Greg, Andrew S., and Thomas, just so that Thomas Rose is going to be important for this episode. Trust me. It's, it's going to matter. <laughs> so the Rose ceremony interrupts us. She talks to them. She gets comforted. Uh, but yeah, really, why was she going to keep Carl? And then she comes back. So she gives out a bunch more roses. And then it's the last rose of the night. Caitlin and Tasha come out. And I don't know. Tasha's dress this episode was not doing it for me. She looked dowdy. It was not. It was not. It was like the gold. Like gold usually looks good on her, but it like washed her out this time. Maybe it just didn't do well on camera because gold really does look good on our skin tone. But I, I think, think it's, it's the Forever okay. Twenty One gold. That's what's the problem. Yeah, was. some about it was just washing her out. Caitlyn looked great though. I loved her dress. So sparkly. Well. Mm-hmm. You know what so. I think it was. Katie's style is very interesting. Hosts are not supposed to outshine the contestants. And I feel like every single episode, they have outshined her. Yes. But I also heard that they didn't know they were going to host. So they packed like they would pack regularly, which in in my opinion, they packed to stand up. (laughs) And then they got there and they were like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like I'm actually not supposed to stand out. But they still look great. <laughs> yeah, they still look great. And who did she give that last rose to again? Erin. She gave Aaron. it to Erin. Which was right. very odd because she was bragging about how much she liked Erin and whatever and how great it was that he looked out for her with the Cody situation from last episode. But then he got the last rose, like not even like somewhere in the beginning part, not even in the middle part. It was very odd to me. It was very odd, but it, I don't think it's so odd considering that he had they had just had that whole Cody thing technically within that week because the rose ceremony was the end of that week but we're seeing it this week so the producers probably like yeah give it to Aaron <laughs> give him the last yeah. rose because he was starting drama but it doesn't really make sense in this week's context as oh why like we're over that <laughs> yeah no I'm n- I'm never over it but that's a whole that's another thing we're gonna talk about shortly <laughs> 
we'll talk about that. But what I really want to say is that we, she sent home four men. So she sent home Kyle and Garrett, who Kyle is a dude that ripped his pants off, right? The, yes, the Kyle. Dude. Kyle is a guy who took his underwear off and just had it on the ground. <laughs> Garrett's the redhead that no one ever talked to, so fine. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever like noticed Garrett outside of the fantasy league, so I didn't really notice when he was gone. Yikes. And then, of course, Carl gets sent home because of his behavior, and he does not say a word to her. Like, he literally stands in front of her and then just Girl. walks away. I was like, excuse me. What did I tell you? This was so awkward. Like, he he gets sent home and none of the guys tell him bye, first of all. So he's, like, waiting for the guys to tell him bye. None of them. They go to the other guys and they're saying bye to the other guys. And then he walks to Katie and then he turns his back on Katie and looks at the guys still waiting for any of them to say bye. None of them pay him any attention at all. And so he just walks off. And it was so awkward. It was like, what? Why wouldn't you? Like, you said you had Katie's back. Like, why are you so concerned about who's telling you bye and not just tell Katie bye? It was so awkward. Listen, she is standing there looking at him, expecting him. Because first of right. all, he was standing apart from the men. He wasn't even standing next to them. So you would have thought he stepped forward to say something to her. Nope, he just... He fucked right off. So bye bye, Carl. Yep. Bye, but Carl. John, Good riddance. My poor sweet John. <sighs> John. With every like villain that we get rid of, we always get rid of somebody that we really liked. And I really like John. He was growing on me. He was very sweet, very kind. And they just shoved him off the show. Another great Asian man just right? showing him. And the guys clapped him off. That was very sweet. Yes. It was so sweet. Like, why don't we get this? Why don't the sweet people get more of a highlight? But anyway, we'll get to that in the, in the rest yeah. of the episode. But that's a whole um, other thing. <laughs> yes. A whole other thing. So the rose ceremony is done and the villain is gone and so the next day there's the group date the infamous group date <laughs> from this episode i forget who was on the date oh no i kind of wrote down who was on the date was it nine people yes that threw me off so much yes, oh my god it was- i'm like why is it not eight or ten why is there fucking nine people i know why is it an odd number i kept looking who am i forgetting who am i forgetting who am i forgetting on this date but no okay it's nine people Yep. So it was Aaron, Courtney, James, Connor B, Brendan, Hunter, Thomas David, and Justin. Yes. Um, I don't know if that means anything to anyone, but just so you know. <laughs> <right here. laughs> it's, it's, those are the names. It's the Nick Vial date. And he wants them to share their dirty laundry, pretty much. And talk about their past relationships, times they haven't treated women well. Pretty much, let's talk about some red flags. He just wanted all the dirt. Yeah, they just wanted all the dirt, all the red flags, all the tea, which I am not opposed to this type of date. Like, I've always wanted to go on a date with somebody and be like, okay, tell me all the shit. So I'm just, I'll tell me all your bullshit. Let's see if we can get over each other's bullshit. But I'm always too scared to do it. I, I think it's good. I okay. Let's put it this way: if the original intention of the date was just to say things like "Yeah, I've messaged girls in the DMs and never respond to them again," or "Yeah, I've led girls out and never talked to them again," that's one thing. But Hunter set a precedent because he picked on Hunter to go first. So the first yep. thing Hunter talks about is how he's divorced with two kids. And part of the reason why his marriage broke up is because of 
him spending so much time trying to provide for his family that he ignored his family. And Mm -hmm. later on, he posts on Instagram that he actually used to be a an abuser of substances, whether it's alcohol or drugs, I'm not sure. But he was like, he's also 14 years sober the day he met Katie, he said in his Instagram post. So that's also something that, but we don't talk about that on the episode. That's just like a sidebar for more about Hunter, who is just cheap Taylor Lautner. But he seems very nice. I wish we knew that. I wish they like told us that because they did that with Zach. Zach had that his whole story about abusing drugs and substances and becoming sober and he's now an addiction specialist or addiction therapist which was a beautiful story to hear so I wish we heard that but yeah Hunter definitely set the tone and shared about his divorce and how he felt like a failure which a lot of divorced folk feel like which I felt was really um I appreciated him highlighting that struggle and making sure that other divorced people out there know that they're not alone in that feeling what else Aaron talked about I just wrote Aaron talks about X and him going through things I don't know. Yeah, why. Aaron's dad had a stroke when he was like in college, and so yes. he's dating her girl who had some similar family shit. And then, oh right, so yeah, stayed with her a... out of obligation, not because. Right. He oh yes, that's what he talked about. So he was like trauma bonding a little bit with his ex. Yeah. David chose. I think David was talking about. I'm. Re- I was so happy I got to hear David talk first of all, and it, it was on this date. Like I was so happy about that. But David talked about. I think he talked about how he left his ex for the career move or something and how that was yeah, like a hard decision something to like make. That. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just skip let's just skip ahead to the two most important things. So Thomas admits that he did not come here intending to fall in love. Really. He was just here for whatever happened and whatever opportunities presented itself he would take. Which I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. No, but let's be honest, all of these guys are here for the same thing. Like this is they they are. <laughs> they get chosen like before you even get announced who the bachelorette is. So all these yes. guys for the most part were locked in before Katie was even announced as a bachelorette. Right. So you can opt out, but you can't be like, oh, can I have another bachelorette? They'd be like, you signed a contract, my nigga. So this is where you're at. Um, so he said that he did not come here for the right reasons he was open to whatever it was going to be a platform whatever he hoped he'd get something out of it to the point where he'd gone on a date the week before he came to the thing when he saw katie and he got to know her he's really starting to have feelings for her like he likes her and you know he's now leaning into the process pretty much so while thomas is telling this story he's smiling if you know anything about thomas he he has a permanent grin on his fucking face. He's just always smiling. But he does. He does. Aaron is so heated that Thomas is smiling. He's like, how dare Thomas smile when we're talking about all this serious stuff and admitting that he was not here for the right reasons. And I'm like, Aaron, sweet, sweet Aaron. Just... You accept me to believe that you, you who Aaron literally just... went, went out of your way to trash another man to Katie. Exactly. He just seems like, Aaron just seems like the type of person who has a problem with literally everything and just is like incapable of minding his business. <laughs> yeah. Aaron loves just man. like, dude, chill, chill, dude, just <laughs> chill. But also Thomas to me, it was like somebody gave him some truth serum <laughs> and it's he was a- like, yeah, I'm laying it all out there. I- I'm not like, <laughs> you know, beating around the bush. I'm telling it like it is. It was, and it was a little harsh, but you're right. Like at the end of the day, all these men came for the exact same reason not even Katie like all of them everybody on this show 
came for the exact same reason, which was the platform, which was to be on TV, the popularity, like, and yep. love was just like the extra. If they fell in love, great. If not, it's cool. That's not the goal. Because yeah. here's the thing. I think because he admitted it, people got really mad because yes. they're all pretending. And I'm like, listen, Thomas is never anything but what he is. And I respect someone who tells you that than someone who leads you on to the very end and then it's, oh, yeah, I never actually wanted to be here for you. Or, oh, yeah, like I, I initially signed up for the platform, which I appreciate him saying that week three instead of like week nine. So it's good to just it's good, it's good to get that out there. But it's just it was it was so different. So I was like, oh, what? You're just saying it? Oh, OK. <laughs> yep. So props to Thomas for that. Aaron hates it. But we move on and we talk about Connor B., so Connor B's build up to this story makes me think it's something really horrible yeah. that he's done. So he's talking about how we used to be this bad, angry drunk and all this stuff. And so he's leading the story up. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So I think he's going to tell us that he hit his girlfriend or like he got into a car accident and someone got hurt or something. And he's just, oh, I did drugs and I cheated on her. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I assume that. <laughs> Is it bad that I like just assumed? Yeah, that like through drinking, he was already yeah. cheating. <laughs> no, I mean, and he's also like a musician, bro. Come on, come on. So come on. <laughs> I was, I wasn't disappointed. I was just expecting him to say something else. I was relieved. I was like, oh, that that was it, because it hit had potential to be major. Like, ooh, but it wasn't. Connor B is just Connor B, and he he said, I appreciate. It. He said he got every self help book, and he went to therapy and blah blah blah. It's like, okay, good for you. You took care of yourself. That's great. Yes, yes, he did. Love men who are invested in themselves, like in making themselves better people. Oh, absolutely, because we all know the truth about men. They're horrible. Yes. So, (laughs) now we get to the part of the episode that really upset me. So, a lot of TV shows, reality and otherwise, do this thing where they just drop trauma in your lap without any kind of warning. And it's more like the afterthought supposed to take care of it. So the one thing I appreciate for ABC is for their show, I'm in little things. It tells you it's about how a group of friends and their family deal with the trigger warning suicide of one of the persons in their friend group. So that is ABC. It told you up front. That's what that show was about. This is what it is. Right. So mm-hmm. this part of the date was good for the guys opening up. Not what I was expecting cringe for just these kind of conversations about alcoholism and some kind of substance abuse and what I thought might have been domestic it was, abuse but wasn't. It was cringe because they were like it was like tell us all your dirt and I guess that's all we saw was like tell us all your dirt. Tell us all your dirty secrets. Yeah. And I think that was the cringe part. And really. I, I think what Katie said the competition actually went on for hours. So it wasn't of course this is edited down for our consumption. So this would yeah. have been something that happened for hours. Also Nick Vile's not a therapist, so I hope they actually had a therapist right. there. Like this is once I you realize so. where the conversation was going, Nick Vile should have not been there. But okay. Right? I really hope there was a therapist just like on set or they took breaks or whatever, whatever. But go continue. <laughs> yeah. So trigger warning here. Katie talks about having been in a situation sexually where she did not consent to something happening to her and then dating this person afterwards, trying to make it right in her head. 
which if you are a person who has been in a situation of non-consent is something that is entirely possible, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's saying like, this happened about 10 years ago and no one knows this, not even her mother. So the idea of her discussing this non-consensual moment on television without having even discussed it with her mother first, I got I hope she talked to her before the episode aired, oh, was just too. a lot, right? So Katie admits that she was intoxicated and that led to her having a lot of unhealthy relationships with sex and intimacy and her being sex positive now as a result of having worked through those issues, which fine, totally, absolutely understand that. However, I, as the viewer at home, would have liked to know in advance that such a conversation was going to be had. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't say who it was with, you could let me to believe it was one of the guys or just, I, I don't care. But you can't just drop a story about, and just call it what it is, rape on a show like this or ever, even in books, anywhere without some kind of content warning. Exactly. And it's not the fact that the story was shared because like I saw so many other people tweeting and talking about how they had gone through something similar and it ended up being like a really great moment of women like being honest and open and about their experiences. But I really, I also really would have appreciated just like a trigger warning, even if it was just like a little bar at the bottom or somebody said a trigger warning, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But yeah, I, and then also what didn't sit well with me was before the episode, one of the Bachelor producers tweeted, they were like, you're going to love this episode. You're going to love the men. You're going to love Katie. And I was like, all right, what's going to make me love Katie? And then this came up and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why are you using this moment? to be like hey guys look at this you're gonna love katie like trauma is not a promo like trauma somebody sharing their trauma on live television is already a huge event and i feel like should be treated with the utmost respect and not like a promo like it was just that was so cringe to me and it was so messed up how the producers are like oh yeah you're gonna love this episode you're gonna love katie it just did not sit well with me like at all (laughs) i did not love it i it did not make me love katie any more than i did before i i I admire her her sharing her story and the strength and that stuff that takes i know what that takes exactly yeah but i appreciated her and i appreciated her story but i don't think assault is going to make somebody love somebody more. That was a very strange use of words. Yeah, I I was not happy with how that was framed outside of the show. And I did appreciate that they put in the Rain logo and the the resource on how to reach out to the Rain network. The small mm-hmm. little slide thing on screen after that. But also the guys seem to be absolutely flabbergasted in that moment because, of course, they're also not prepared to hear something like that. So it's also shit. Like, how am I going to react to this with cameras pointing in my face? Exactly. Like most men, I want to believe most men are not equipped to handle a conversation like that. And we've seen that happen before. I think it was Colton... (laughs) When somebody told Colton they were assaulted and he was just like, I I forget his response, but it was like, dude, what are you doing? 
Or he was like, oh, yeah, I dated somebody before who was abused. And I was like, what? Like, why would you? Yes, man. And I was like, dude, what? Like, why the fuck would you even bring that up? That is like. Right. And out that person for all to see. Like, what? I think it would have been really cool in this episode if, if she also or if we heard her talk about like how like these conversations and how men can help support women and having these conversations and feeling honest and open and opening up and. Blah, blah, blah. We have great ideas and they never listen. She did do something like that when she went on Talking It Out, which is uh, Brian, Rachel Lindsay's husband, and Mike Johnson, who should have been the Black Bachelor. They have a podcast, Talking It Out. So right after the episode aired, they aired the interview she did with them where she talked about consent and the situation and whatever. So that was good. And the Glamour article, she did a Glamour article as well about situation. That was also came out right after the episode. So put the links to those in the show notes so you guys can read that if you want. But yeah, I, I didn't read the whole article because, again, I don't try to engage with things like this unexpectedly. And I was not in a headspace for that. I'm still not. But I've heard that she really enjoyed the conversation with Brian and Mike. So if that's something you're interested in listening to, we'll put the link in the show notes. Same thing for the Glamour article if you want to read it. But the date went productively. The first part of the date was a productive first part. It did. It was emotional, but it was productive. And I want to feel like all of them felt a little closer afterwards, which is great. So then we move on to, I guess we just say fuck off to Nick. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and then we move on to the evening part of the date where she, oh yeah. So in this, in the original group date or the therapy group date, <laughs> group therapy date, Thomas kind of. He talked about like how he like wanted his platform, but he also said he had all these red flags and he never said what red flags they were. So Katie goes to him and says, hey, what were those red flags you said you had? And Thomas is like, I want to marry. <laughs> I, my intention is to get married at the end of this. And it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Thomas was literally bobbing at ducky and bobbing and weaving. It was a fucking boxing match. Okay, so what are the red flags? And he was like, honestly, I just I care so much about you, and I'm willing to share and be open with you. She's like, great, so share and be open. And he's like, right, you know, like my feelings for you are just so strong. Thomas is one of those people who has mastered the art of making you feel like he, they told you a lot about themselves when in fact you do not know anything at all. Because up to this moment, we still don't know much about Thomas, except that he and Katie have a connection. And is that editing also because Thomas that is too. also a man that of too. color, right? So the first that villain too. of the season is Carl. Don't get me wrong. I think Carl was hella erratic and that was probably well-deserved. But he was obviously egged on by his producers and by alcohol. Or drugs mm-hmm. or whatever Carl does. And just his so, personality, I believe. Or just his his motivational speaker personality can't do it. So Carl as a man of color, first villain of the season. Now the next villain is another man of color. That's yep. also a choice that mm-hmm. they're making. He is and, a man of color. And again, remember, Thomas at this point has done nothing wrong because the guys don't know what he has discussed with Katie. So as far as they're concerned, he was just smiling too much and he admitted to not being here in the beginning because he wanted her. And it was just Yep. So and I feel like so the men also don't know that much about Thomas. I feel like they're given the impression, or maybe the producers are put in a worm in the air that he's like a smooth talker 
And he said he wasn't initially here for the right reasons. And they're like putting two and two together. And then there's Aaron, who is like negative Nancy. Like, why is Thomas here? Why is Thomas smiling? Why? How um, dare he smile right now? <laughs> how dare he smile on a dating show? <laughs> so the men are not liking Thomas at this point. Not at all. They actually spend the entire time Katie is talking to Thomas and talking shit about him. Like, I yep. was like, oh, no, love, man, you know. That is how I know that men don't date women because they like them. They date them for the approval of other men. Because you're going to sit there and time that you could be interrupting to get time with Katie or thinking about, hey, what do you want to talk to Katie about? You're talking to other dudes about another dude? Come on. And so Thomas now adds fuel to the fire because he interrupts Aaron's date. Um, <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> Listen, so we saw this last season where someone interrupted someone's time in a group date like this. This is very common. This happens all the time. The guys all always the act brand new, but it happens all the time. Last season with Matt James and Katie's time was interrupted with, by, what's her name? The fake one who had the boyfriend back at home. Oh, Sarah? Sure, her. Anyway, so <laughs> she actually, she was egged on by producers to leave the mansion to go interrupt the date because she wasn't even on the date that she interrupted. So fine. Knowing that, uh, yes, yes, if yes. I was going to be on The Bachelorette and The Bachelorette was the person who was interrupted on a group date by someone else, I promise you I wouldn't be doing no interrupting like that. Not in certain intimate situations because I know how she's going to take it. But sure, Thomas is pretty. He can get away with it. So Thomas doesn't <laughs> overtly interrupt them. He walks in, sees them talking, and then paces outside until they yep. get so uncomfortable that yeah. Aaron is what the fuck, bro? He doesn't say it like that, but he's like, what the hell's going on? And Which is funny. Like, didn't Katie do that to Sarah? Like, Sarah was there talking to Matt, and Katie just stood there yes. awkward. Yes. That's why I thought it was hilarious. So, that's why I thought it was so fucking funny. But here's the thing, too. If Aaron had said, sure, I'll let you talk to Katie. Just give me a couple of minutes to finish this conversation. Things would have gone very differently. But mm -hmm. Aaron is a little bitch boy. So he's just, this is so upsetting. Blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't, he's like, oh, I'll just talk to you later. Because Katie also doesn't say yes or no either way. She leaves the opportunity up to Aaron to decide if he's going to cede his time or not. And he's just, yeah, I'm just going to walk away. I'd be like, hell the fuck no, you're not going to take my time. You're going to wait till I'm done. Thank you. But okay, sure, Aaron, exactly. you're a man or whatever. You can go back to your other boyfriends and bitch about Thomas. Instead so, of just telling him to his face. All right? right, Aaron. <laughs> so Thomas also realizes he screwed the pooch the first time he talked to her by not saying anything serious. So Thomas is trying to think, fuck, let's save face. I'm not saying he doesn't like Katie. I'm saying in this moment, he's trying to save face. So yep. he pretty much tells her that he's afraid, which could be true. That could also be true. He's a fear and love go together. So, yes. so he had this whole monologue about fear and love and how they go together. And this is scary. Like he tells her a lot without telling her anything at all. <laughs> he just says he feels strongly about her and which is nothing new. Like we've been new this. Yep. But he felt he had the compulsion to tell her something new without telling her anything new, which is exactly what he did. <laughs> and um, she was eating that shit up. She, she was, woke. 
When I tell you, Katie looks at Thomas like he's just this golden statue. It doesn't matter what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> he's just pretty. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same. That's how I really yep. feel like it is with, between Katie and Thomas. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hot. Kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So let's talk about the kisses. So she kisses Justin. It didn't look that exciting. But there was no. a Polaroid taken up. They took a Polaroid together. She kisses Connor B, of course. He of the head grabbage. Catman. Um, they kiss, that's fine. And she kisses Thomas. So we don't really see her talking to anyone else. Because as far as we know, she doesn't kiss Aaron. So Aaron hasn't gotten interrupted. Yeah, he's fine. So again, I thought Thomas was interrupting to say, you know what? I ducked these questions. You're right. Let me tell you something. But he just said a whole lot of nothing. And Aaron is fuming to the guys like, Thomas interrupted my time. And they're like, how dare he? And I'm like, yeah, you're like, Thomas interrupted my time. And this is ridiculous. (laughs) yep and they were all just like up in arms they were not happy and then so thomas comes out and i feel i don't know if i don't remember but at one point thomas comes out and they're still talking shit about him (laughs) and they've like be quiet real quick but he basically tells them that they'll never get to the point where they understand how he feels about katie and i'm looking at him i don't even understand how you feel about katie (laughs) so how's anybody else supposed to I'm, I'm sick of these people. Sick of them. Sick of the little fuckers. Can't say them. <laughs> like, I'm over right. it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. So while this is happening, right? So they're on this date. And I have put a note about this because I thought it was so funny. So while they're on this date, the dudes are back at the mansion. And so the one-on-one date card is coming. You know it's coming, right? So there is a super loud knock on the door. And I was like, yo, it's like a policeman trying to come inside the fucking house. <laughs> it did sound like police. Like they were looking for somebody to hurt. A couple of black men were up there and they came to investigate. Like, that's the type of knock it was. <laughs> Listen, it's like, bam, bam, bam. And I was like, fuck. Hello, police. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know for a second, I thought it was my door. I was like, what? <laughs> what I do? It was so listen, loud it was. but it was just to reveal that Michael A gets the one on one, which he already did from the premise last week. Anyway, back to all the men shitting on Thomas. Take it away, Lex. And then what? Somehow in in this whole group date. First of all, when Michael A got the date, that was the first time I realized there were two Michaels on this show. I'm not even gonna lie to you. This whole time I thought it was just Mike P, and then I saw out there's a whole Mike A. <laughs> So, yeah, shows how good track I'm keeping of the men. So somehow on this date, it gets, I forget how it started, but somebody said, oh, Thomas went back to tell Katie he's falling in love with her. And then they're all under the impression, like, that's what Thomas said. Thomas went back to Katie to say he was falling in love. And they're even more up in arms and just don't like him. And (laughs) I thought it was funny. I wrote down, Connor B was like, this morning you were here for a platform. Like now you're here to get married. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But at the end of the day, Connor B gets the group date rose and all of the men are crushed, including our beloved Thomas. Listen, it's just all stupid. It's all stupid. I don't understand what they're going on about. Yes, he was here in the beginning for that. He has told you that. This is not a secret. Go oh, this morning. It's no, this is him. T- you know what? fuck y'all i don't understand these people whatever sure <laughs> y'all getting your feelings about this sure and at the end of it we don't see k talking to anyone else and connor b gets the rose for being himself i guess yep yep for being connor the cat like that's uh, it that's it yeah that's it so that's that group date 
The next date is an adventure dune buggy date with Michael A, which the date itself, like the actual date itself seemed cool. I would love to roam around the dune buggy, but there wasn't really much to see. Like it it looked boring. I'm not going to lie, but Katie and, and Mike A to me ended up having one of the best conversations that I've seen on this franchise. So (laughs) there's that. Yes, absolutely. That the date, the date itself, except for when Katie flipped herself over in the little doom buggy thing. That was hilarious. Ala James. At least she didn't have Mike in the car with her. That's true. That's true. And she was just like, yeah, I'm fine. Like like a medic came up to her and was like, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yeah. So while she's doing that, the men are having conversations all over the house, right? So Michael A is actually admitting to some of the guys that he is a widower and he has struggled with that and that's the only woman he's ever loved. And everybody else is talking about Thomas. Yep, that's pretty much how it goes. But Michael A, I don't know if we've just never seen or heard of this guy but this is the first time i've really paid attention to him and he has like the sweetest conversation with katie in this picnic in the desert and he talks about his past how his he met his wife i think in college they got married they yep. had a kid and then she was diagnosed with breast cancer and he was talking about how he like when you're in grief like that's all you see and his journey out of that and he was just saying some really like significant things like he told Katie this doesn't end with engagement it begins with engagement which she loved and I loved I was like what oh my gosh that's so nice listen Michael A (laughs) gets the whole fucking bouquet every week like he was so sweet and then even like his perspective on grief and his wife it was just like i had never heard anything like that before like he was just saying he felt so blessed to to fall in love and he's he feels so blessed that he gets the opportunity to fall in love twice in his life which is amazing yeah. i would never look at it i've i would have never looked at it that way but he seemed to me just very like accepting of his past and hopeful of the future which is ideally where we all want so i just want to talk to michael a just to talk to him for the sake of talking to him yeah Bye. even though he looks like sean hayes and it freaks me out a little bit like, yeah he's i don't find him attractive whatsoever but he's a beautiful soul <laughs> He's a very beautiful soul. And Katie said a statement, which I thought was very important. She says that she understands that every time she gives him a rose, it's not just giving him a rose, giving a rose to his son too. Yes, I thought that was so sweet. So she gave a rose to him and his son. So props to that date. Like on the outside, it did not look like the most exciting date, but on the inside, it was, it just gave you all the feels all of them, just every feel, <laughs> including one uncomfortable point for me. So Michael is this thing where he touches her leg all the time, and it looks weird. So like if you, if you watch back that whole date, ignore everything he's saying because of course we've heard it already. But like just watch his hand; he's just always touching her leg, and it makes me so uncomfortable to see because she's not leaning into the touch. Yeah, his hand is just there. I don't think I noticed, but I definitely noticed even if there was emotional attraction, like I don't think there was like much physical chemistry, but I don't know. We see, I think maybe Katie's feeling like that'll come later-ish, but yeah, I'm going to watch it back. I'm going to watch that back because I I missed that. (laughs) 
you know me, I pick up on these weird things. Okay. That was yes, the weird you pick thing. Up, that you I pick saw. up on everything, Jen. Like you pick that, up on everything. <laughs> that's not true. Sometimes I forget half of what they talked about. That happens. That's true. You do. You forget what our segment after this is called, too. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, I, I can't stand myself. And I named it. You're the one who came up with it. And you couldn't remember Bridgerton's one either. <laughs> but you came Listen, up with that, too. <laughs> don't ask me what the Bridgerton one is now, because I really don't know. Was it Diamond and something? And the Beast thing, yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. See? Close. So close. Anyway, close. <laughs> back, back to The Bachelorette. Pretty much everyone's just talking shit about Thomas. Everyone's shit talking Thomas, how he's fake, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I kind of lost track of what was happening because so many people were like having individual conversations and then they all got back together. And so I, I, from my notes, I put Aaron rallies the men against Thomas talks to Hunter. He's being painted as the villain. Aaron's back to stirring up shit. And then Hunter addresses the men at the end and is like, all right, like we need to address what's going on. So the impression that I'm getting is that the men have a problem with Thomas saying that his relationship with Katie is so much more advanced than everyone else. And I'm just there like, why do I care about this? <laughs> Listen, okay, so what do my notes say? Let me start. It's a two-parter. My note says, David Connerby, Brendan talking about Thomas. Justin, Courtney, and Hunter talking about Thomas. Do these men have nothing else to do but talk about Thomas? I guess and, they really don't. <laughs> and then Hunter says something about addressing Thomas before the group date. I'm like, who is even on the group date? We don't, is it the right. rest of the guys? I don't even know. So Hunter leads the conversation about Thomas. Thomas is a lot of nothing. And then the men confront Thomas and he admits that the possibility of being the bachelor was something that appealed to him before he came on the show. And I don't see what's wrong with him admitting that because they all thought the same thing. Like maybe not Michael A. Maybe not maybe Michael not A. Maybe, maybe not, not Connor B. No, definitely Connor B. Definitely Connor B. Oh yeah, he's a musician. I forget. Definitely yeah. Connor B. Okay, so maybe not Michael A. or Hunter because they had kids or whatever, and you know, sure. But definitely most of these other dudes, y'all, y'all weren't here to fuck with Katie. Don't play games with me. Y'all, you can't trick me. But okay, especially because Katie, I feel like Katie being announced bachelorette was so unexpected because she was like eleventh. <laughs> So you can't really tell me none of them went rushing to apply because Katie was the bachelorette. Like, I don't. Yeah. Especially Mike P, the Trump supporter, who is a virgin. Right. Why would you come on? You know, anyway. So I feel I truly feel like the men were mostly upset because Thomas was being honest (laughs) and getting away with it, whereas they all feel like they can't and they shouldn't. And yeah. Thomas is just putting it all out there. Like, yeah, this is why I came. And the other men are like, aren't you going to hide it like the rest of us? What the fuck? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think some of the... So Trey's issue with Thomas is that the conversation that he and Thomas had, he felt went differently from what Thomas is saying it went. And Connor B's, whoa, Katie. Like, how dare you admit that you didn't want Katie? Because I didn't. Thomas is like, because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know the girl. I don't care. 
And then Hunter's, I don't care because Katie's heart's going to get broken. And I was like, dude, it's still only week three. We're not even like halfway. Exactly. That's my thing. It's like, it's only week three, y'all. Come on. And my other thing is, which is funny as well, is a lot of these men came on this show like, oh my gosh, I love Katie. She's so smart and she doesn't back away from speaking her mind. But in these situations where she should really rely on, they should really rely on Katie's judgment they're not <laughs> they yes. came to her and they were like oh we don't like Carl and so she got rid of Carl now they're gonna be like oh we don't like Thomas and it's like dudes I thought y'all like smart women what happened what Listen, happened they're <laughs> infantilizing her and it drives they me are. crazy they, they're like let's be the big strong man take care of small Katie and it's like she's a grown woman like she can make her own decisions how about focus less on who should be there and who should not and leave that to Katie because this is what the whole show is about. Listen. Okay, guys. And then them trying to bully Carl and Thomas is like the worst. So like they, they did this last season to Sarah and we were so upset about it last season. And I'm still annoyed because I'm like, first of all, Thomas has done nothing wrong. Y'all are just haters. Right. <laughs> don't get right. me. Like I said, I don't trust him, but y'all are haters. So. I don't trust him either, but... I really do feel like Katie knows that. I it, I feel like Katie is a smart woman. Like, she's a 30-year-old woman. Katie knows what's best for her. And I really do feel like Katie's keeping Thomas around because he's eye candy. Listen. And she's a really hot guy that she can make out with and let off some steam with. So That's kudos it. to her. She, she, <laughs> wrote, she rode him like a bicycle last episode. Like, listen, I'm, I'm into it. She did. It was like, how about y'all just mind your business and let Katie do what Katie's supposed to be doing? If I was in this process, I would definitely, at least, especially week three, I'm keeping the hot guys around regardless. <laughs> so this is where we're at right now. We end the episode with everyone ganging up on Thomas. I'll give you the tally. So the date roses have gone to Connor B and Michael A so far. We have not seen yep. a second group date, so we don't know what's coming. John, Carl, Kyle, and Garrett went by this episode. Cody went by last episode. And the kisses have gone to Justin, Connor B, Thomas, and Michael A. Because Thomas didn't get a kiss the first time he talked to him and got the second time. Whatever. And maybe then, that's why he went back the second time. <laughs> I mean, no. he won his little smooch smooch. <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> so the previews for the next episode involved the men infantilizing Katie even more. And mm-hmm. then Tasha telling Katie that someone from Tasha's season reached out and wants to be on this season, which we already know means that Blake has finally fucking arrived. Yeah. And so we've seen, we saw him in the preview. But I wonder if that was awkward for Tasha or Blake at all. <laughs> it wasn't awkward for Tasha. He was dead in over her. He was she- dead in over her at one point. <laughs> So, Tasha didn't like that man at all. I think that Blake no, really liked not. Claire and Tasha was just a pretty substitute. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I do think Blake and Katie might get along really well because Blake's sexual. Katie came on with a dildo. Like they might get along. So I'm interested to see what happens there. But regardless, like of the men drama, like I I really hope it's squash, but I know it's not going to be. It's not going to be, guys. We're going to be here for a minute, I'm sure. Yeah, like, like I said, on a love man. That's our own problem. You can't go on a show to date a woman and spend all your time talking to men. That just does not sound... You can't. Like, like it. Nev- you never get far. You may get camera time, but you never get far. Like, <laughs> At some point. You think she's going to want to be with home. you like after you spend all this time like stirring up shit with other dudes in the house? Because here's the thing. Aaron is the shit starter. 
he's he not is. getting painted as the villain, but he is the shit starter. He is the shit starter, and they're painting Thomas as the villain because Katie likes him. And that's why I said Aaron seems like one of those people who has a problem with everything. Yeah. <laughs> and instead man. of being like, look at this miserable person, it's, oh my gosh, let's start shit with Thomas. And like all the other men are falling for it. Because they're also messy. I can't. We thought last season with the girls on Matt's season were messy. This is just trash. This is, this is this yeah, this is pretty messy. And based on the promos I've seen for what's the common season, like the first promos that we saw the, in episode one, it looks like they're going to try to bully Blake too. What the fuck oh is wrong Lord. with y'all? Oh, like, Lord. That's going to be interesting. I would be very interested to see them try to bully Blake because Blake to me seems like somebody unbullyable. Like he's so don't care <laughs> like to me about other men yeah. it would be interesting to see that he don't care about these dudes he's here for one thing and that is the woman like that's one exactly. thing i always admired about him with the mess that happened on clacia's season and everything like was like listen i'm here for claire like y'all can fuck off and <laughs> he also did a date us interrupt us on a date that was not his and he tried to kiss claire and claire was like whoa baby no this is not your date i'm not gonna kiss you and i respected her so much in that moment <laughs> oh yes i remember that when he was yep. just like he just had to see her and she was like yeah i'm not kissing you <laughs> yeah but she did talk to him and she spent time with him which i thought was good but yeah blake is somebody who he and thomas will butt heads because they want to go about it the same way but blake is gonna be like listen i don't care about nothing else i'm here for Katie, so y'all yeah. can stick that in your exactly. pipe and smoke it. Exactly. So that's the end of the episode and the previews. Now it's time for sweet and sour. Jen, what is your sweet moment? Protect Michael episode? at all costs. <laughs> yes. Same for me, honestly. Like that was the sweetest part of the whole episode. He's just such a light, such a great human being. Like it was so refreshing to see somebody like that on um, TV, on especially on this TV show. So <laughs> shout out to Michael A. I really do hope he does not get eliminated. Not this coming week because he has a rose, but the next week. But because I don't remember seeing his face get very much, very far into the previews. So something to yeah, watch out for. For yeah. sure. So. That was your sweet as well, Michael A, forever? Yes, Michael A, very sweet, like, redeemed the show for me. <laughs> yes. So what is your sour moment of this week? A-A-Ron. Yeah, A-A-Ron. Shout out to Black Bachelor Babes. That was the first time I heard somebody call him A-A-Ron, and I cackled. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. <laughs> so you know, you know the skits from, right, the Key and Peele skit? Yes, yes. I love Key and Peele. So when they said A.A. Ron, I was dying laughing. <laughs> so in, in case you guys don't know, that's where it's from, Key and Peele. If you haven't watched Key, Key and Peele, just Google A.A. Ron. Yeah. And enjoy. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. But no. And I stand by the fact that Aaron loves men. That is it. He, lo- he, he loves men. Not that he, he is does. gay or whatever, because as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, Sure. But like also, he just, he's doing everything to impress other men. I don't have time for that. Yes, yes. And yes, in the Caribbean, <laughs> when somebody is just doing too much, you just say they love men. So <laughs> Yeah, that's why I just keep saying, I'm like, Aaron love men. That's because, like I said, he spends all his time talking to other men about other men. Exactly. Not, not about so... Katie, not about how much he likes Katie, not about what, no, he's not talking about men. Go away. Go away, my guy. 
So. <laughs> I'm actually going to choose a different sour moment of the episode as in it was sour, but it was so good. I just can't. I just want to rewatch it over and over again, which was Carl leaving in the most awkward fashion. Of You're so awesome. messy. Like, that was the most <laughs> awkward. That was, no, that was the most awkward exit that I have ever seen in my life watching this show it was so awkward he like walked away from the men none of the men said bye looked at katie turned his back on katie still waited for people to say bye nobody was telling this man bye and he just walked it was like what even victoria's exit last season doesn't top that for me carl's exit trash trash that's wrong for you're trash (laughs) so that's my sour moment of this season and just like that we wrapped up the show we had a lot to talk about apparently and we still have more to talk about and there's still more oh my god okay so it's bachelor nation news right so like i said we mentioned what kate discussed in the episode those links will be in the show notes as per usual okay do you want to do rachel first or last let's do rachel last let's let's get through the other things Mm -hmm. and then we'll get to the meat Okay, so let's start with the most, the least interesting one, which are all three of these things I have written down here. So you guys know Ari and Lauren, the most boring Bachelor Nation couple ever. They had their babies. Their little girl had to stay in the hospital because she had some respiratory issues, but she is now home. So the entire family is now reunited. Snaps to that. We love healthy babies Mm -hmm. here. So that's great. And uh, twins, too. So yep. it was twins, right? Yep. Yeah, it was twins. Yep. yep so, yep. yeah, congrats to them. Brought their baby home. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And then, so Carly Waddell, she's married to Evan. They were they got together on Bachelor in Paradise season four? Uh, I don't remember. Listen, numbers are not my thing. Apparently, we're I just, at season seven of VIP now. This season, yeah. season seven. <laughs> Which I just remember hearing their name over and over as an example of a couple in Bachelor Nation. Yes. Carly and Evan and Carly. Evan and Carly. So they are separated. About I think they filed for divorce or something. So they've been living apart. Carly's been posting a lot of stuff on her page. Not like about the separation, but she implied that it was Evan's idea, not really her. It's a whole thing. Oh, wow. oh, anyway, wow. that's not what we want to talk about. Carly and Evan posted that Carly was in the hospital. She had some kind of medical emergency getting ready for a flight. So at the airport or something or on the plane, I haven't even figured out exactly what it is because I didn't care too deeply to listen aside from that she was okay so she they don't know apparently what's really wrong with her they're running tests they're waiting for some results but she seems okay-ish for now so i hope Mm -hmm. that she's fine i I, no one wants anything horrible happening to anyone hoping for a speedy recovery hoping they find out what it is soon and that she makes a speedy recovery i hope she really gets better yeah exactly and so she and evan actually went out for what did they go out for recently what was a holiday recently that people care about juneteenth <laughs> girl it was not no fucking juneteenth i'm sick of you i think it was like valentine's day or something they had dinner together or, or president's people. day or something oh, wow president's day or memorial Shit. did memorial day pass yeah memorial yeah day. i think it was valentine's day and people were like oh are they getting back together or are they like how do people who are separated have dinner together like because they have kids <laughs> Exactly. There's such a thing as co-parenting they have kids and having to get along. And just because somebody's your ex doesn't mean you don't get along and you just wish they go to hell. Like sometimes you can be friends. You got right. together for a reason. <laughs> correct. Correct. But so the reason why 
this Carly thing pops into my head, right? And this is relevant. So if you did not see the season of Bachelor in Paradise that they were on, there was a medical incident with Evan where he got taken away in an ambulance. And I think it was staged... If oh. I, I don't think anything was really wrong with him, it, but Carly went to the hospital. It was a whole thing, so I think he admitted afterwards that he faked it. But it might not oh. really have been faked. I don't know. At the end of the day, that's something that kind of propelled their relationship together on television. I don't know what happened in real uh. life, but on TV is what it looked like. So when I mm-hmm. saw the picture of Evan holding Carly's hand at the hospital, I was like, "Oh, did she pull up Evan? Did she pull what he did to her on?" <laughs> apparently it was real so <laughs> what there's precedent oh lord i just say my initial thoughts were that but obviously now that i know it's not that it's fine yeah it's fine it's fine she'll hopefully she does make a speedy recovery but yes she no, she's, she's not she's not faking it she's home and she's fine no. yes <laughs> yes she's fine and so the last thing of course is the cosmo article that came out about potential bachelor in paradise contestants now the only confirmed yes. person we knew going into this is dr joe so yes which hooray for dr joe we spoke people heard dr joe will be on paradise and i am excited as for everyone else it's like bittersweet and it's not confirmed yet either these was just based on reality steve so it's not like a fish unofficial official announcement but as far as the other contestants go there are a couple i was excited about i think ivan was on that list which super excited definitely want to see ivan i, on the I beach. don't think ivan was on the list i think it was brendan riley and was ivan on there because ivan had already said that he wasn't gonna do it especially if chris Even? harrison was involved did I just make up that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I swear to God. I saw. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go look again. Yeah. And I will put the link in the show notes too in case anybody wants to be nosy and get some spoilers. But yeah, there are a couple of faces. I didn't know people from like past, past seasons, which I was very confused about. The biggest confusion that I have was Becca because they have her. She's like top of the list. And this would be her third Bachelor Nation show. And I was kind of like... Here's the thing, right? Three is a normal number. However, her shit is out of order. So she was a contestant on Ari season, right? No. Yes. Ari mm-hmm. season. So Ari and Lauren, most boring couple ever. Becca actually won that season and then had to go through the very public breakup with them just following her around with a camera and Ari just being like... Can I hug you or can I talk to you? No, motherfucker, you can't talk to me when you're telling me that you proposed to me, we are happy, and you actually want to be with Lauren instead and we're breaking up. No, fuck off. So we had to follow Mm -hmm. that around. Then she became the bachelorette. So obviously we skipped some steps, right? Usually it's a contestant, bachelor in paradise, then the lead. Well, we just went right to lead status. Fine. So engaged to someone who is a little bit of a Rathist, a little bit of a Rathist, <laughs> and a what? A, a Rathist, you know, oh, a Rathist, a, a Rathist. Rathist. So <laughs> it did that. That's broken up. And also, while this is going on, she's hosting a podcast for Bachelor Nation. So she is like under contract, but not quite under contract. You know what I'm saying? So now she's on Bachelor in Paradise. How? This is just not making yeah. sense, girl. Yeah, it's yeah. 
Definitely out of order, but she said, damn it, I'm going to find me somebody to love. <laughs> and then so, Tia Booth mm-hmm. is also on this list. Tia was also on Ari season. And <laughs> when Becca was the bachelorette. So this ties into shitty Colton, right? Because Colton's a shitty human. So when it was Becca's season of the bachelorette, there is a date where she brought some of her friends from her season on The Bachelor to meet the guys and vet them for stuff. Mm -hmm. Colton was Mm -hmm. on that date and Colton and Tia apparently had a little dating thing before he came on The Bachelorette. And so Mm -hmm. that was when Becca found out about that for the first time on that date. So that was like hella awkward. That's hella awkward. And then Colton and Tia were both in paradise and then Becca came to Paradise to talk to somebody or like to get a couple on a date or something like that. And Colton went and cried in his room and some shit. And like, you're, you're gay, dude. Like, okay. <laughs> he was doing way too much that season. I think that was my first season watching Bachelor in Paradise too. And he was doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh my God, T is here. What am I going to do? And it's, oh my God, Becca's here. My heart's broken. And then he left the relationship with Tia to become The Bachelor. Like, I'm not dumb. Yep. Yes, he was. She was the woman that he left in paradise to be the bachelor. I remember. But he, they were all lovey dovey, and then he was like, you know what? I'm gonna go be the bachelor. <laughs> and I was like, uh, sir. So interesting that she's gonna be back. Also, somebody else who is rumored to be back is Demi, who was on Paradise last time, brought a woman who was not in Bachelor Nation on Paradise to explore her relationship with her, got together with her, and they broke up, and now she's back on Paradise. I'm like, all right, girl, do what you think works. (laughs) And also, I went back to look on the list, and Ivan is on the list. Okay, good. Okay. So he's on. Very interesting. Mm. And then grocery store Joe. Mm-hmm. And Kendall, who met, were on Paradise together, and then I stayed together. He went on Dancing with the Stars. They stayed together. Then they broke up. And why, why the fuck are they both going to be there again? I don't understand. Like, it's... Mm. Okay. So, either. in Paradise, there's precedent for people coming back more than once. Ashley I, God bless her. The twins, God bless them. But they're both engaged now. So, shout out to them. And mm-hmm. it's just... Why are you bringing these old ass people back again? Because we have, we have, it's just, I don't understand it. So even if, yeah, we didn't have paradise last year. So it's Peter's girls and Matt's girls and Clasia's men. And who was the last bachelorette before that? Who was the bachelorette before Clasia? Was it Hannah? No. Was it Hannah? Because then it was Peter. It can Hannah, right? It was Hannah, then Peter, then Oh, Kasia? damn, it was. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I saw anybody from her season on there. Yeah, uh, I don't... But I, Hannah's season would have been pre-Paradise? P- because The Bachelorette usually airs in May. So whoever yeah. was on Hannah's season would have already been to Paradise. That's what the issue is. So Paradise happened, and then The Bachelor usually ends in the beginning of the year. 
okay, now I'm, I'm on track now. There's usually a, a longer break between seasons. That's that. It's not like yeah. the past two years have been like warp speed. Man, I yeah. forgot that yeah. Hannah yeah. was the Bachelorette. Yes, girl. Hannah was the whole Bachelorette. I think she's one of the most popular ones, too. Yeah, Ooh. but she said the N-word, so F her. <laughs> yes, F her. Effort for real. But yeah, so I'll link the article in the show notes if anybody else wants to go through it. But for now, I'm going to hold off on doing a deep dive until we get a fully, I don't know, official released yes. cast list. Yeah. Usually whatever. we don't get the whole list officially, but like you get a decent amount more or less who's supposed to be there. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of white people though, but I'm still mm-hmm. not giving up my dream of a black couple frolicking on the beach. I know it can happen. <laughs> I know it can happen. It can happen. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to see. Some black love. That's all. That's all. We don't see that on this show like ever. <laughs> so that's all I want to see. Producers, if you're listening, that's all I want to see. <laughs> okay. So we've covered all that boring other shit. Let's dive into what we're really here for. Rachel Lindsay. Yes. Let's get into the Rachel Lindsay article. So if you have been living under a rock, and I will link the article, Rachel Lindsay wrote an essay for... New York Magazine. Yes. (laughs) I'm like on the page and I'm like, yes, for New York Magazine. That kind of fucked up the title and stuff it wasn't she was unhappy with like how it was presented but the article is so good if you haven't read it you need to read it she does a deep dive we will talk about it but she does a deep dive explaining like her relationship with chris harrison and what happened her time on both the bachelor and as the bachelorette and just like a whole ton of shit that she just calls out a whole ton of shit that needed to be called out Absolutely, absolutely. But we need to talk about the headline first. So, yes, it's remember this magazines are in print and also in digital. So her the photo is beautiful for the print cover, right? Oh yeah. But the headline they have for the cover is "Oops, I broke the Bachelor," which was like what? (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. When I saw that, I was like, "The fuck!" I that's not something Rachel would ever say not ever she would not use that verbiage at all in this situation or sorry it's oops i blew up the bachelor yeah i just wanted to make sure yeah words. and that's just Which, not no and that's not what happened like she nope. this whole time she's been doing her job and this racist decided to show his true colors and be racist and she is the one who paid the price for that like still people are blaming her for that yeah and it's, yeah and so they this this that was like completely a misrepresentation of what happened. So it wasn't yeah. great. So they, they changed. They ended mm-hmm. up changing the headline, the digital headline. But you can't change the, the print. So it's and they changed the photo as well, which I thought was very odd. So it's like Rachel Lindsay has no roses left to burn. That's a new thing. Again, very gimmicky headline, but she it tolerates is. that one more than the one that they originally posted. Yeah. Obviously, because she did not blow up the Bachelor franchise she did not (laughs) but listen the first line they use for this is i thought i could change the bachelor franchise from within until i realized i was their token like that for me just like right off the bat that's i knew what i was getting in for in this essay yeah yep Mm -hmm. i was like oh so she know okay okay (laughs) yeah she knew she she knew she knew she knew okay Um, so that was really good for me to read especially because some black people on this 
franchise are really hesitant to talk about certain things. And it could be because they're under contract or because because they so badly want to be accepted and want more opportunities that they're afraid to say anything. And so I really admire Rachel for seeing oh, what fuck it, I'm talking. And so she starts the piece with talking about how like how she was talking to Chris Harrison about the whole controversy with Rachel KKK last <laughs> earlier this year. And he was just talking and she was just doing her job. And Chris showed his full colors, right? And defended her. And it was just like, the way she, it's like the way she puts things. And I'm like, damn girl, you're so good at your job because she kept a straight face that whole time. And she was like, look, I'm just doing my job. I'm asking questions. And people really attacked her. Like I'm, it still doesn't sit well with me that people would attack her for doing her job. Like she's literally a correspondent. What's she supposed to do? Just be like, all right, next thing. <laughs> Listen, the vitriol that Rachel experienced as the bachelorette, or actually even being on Nick's season, as someone who went to fucking hometowns, the racism that I saw on social media in articles, whatever, about her was fucking horrible. When she got named the Bachelorette, like that was, they actually announced her as the Bachelorette before she got voted off of next season. Oh, wow. They did? Yes. I don't remember that. Shit. Yeah. So she was still on the show. <laughs> Yes, she was still on the show when they announced her as a bachelor. So that's that was such an interesting thing for them to do from jump. They were just like, what the fuck? Obviously, once I realized that this black girl was going far, I was like, oh, she didn't a white man. But I mean, shout out to the black girl. Shout out to the queens. Let's do the damn thing, right? So right, I was, like she actually went to hometowns mm -hmm. and stuff. It was like, yep. oh, okay. Yep, she I got see. sent home. Wait, I think current, I think, yeah, racially it makes it a fantasy suites. I think so. Yeah, she made yeah, she fantasy did. suites as well. So mm -hmm. she was in the final three. No one, yep. no black person had ever made it that far before ever in the franchise yep. history. Yeah, she had made it so far. And she talks about that too. But let's go in order. Let's talk about let's talk about what she had to say about being on Nick's season. Because Ooh, Lord. It was next season, right? It was next? Yeah, it was next season. It was next season. Okay. okay, so I honestly didn't know that before she went on this show, she had zero clue what like what it was like her white co-workers were like hey girl you should go on this show which is so funny to me because that's how I got into this series is my white co-worker was like hey girl you should watch this. <laughs> you should watch Bachelor in Paradise I was like oh shit so her white co-workers like kind of encouraged her to sign up she had just broken up with somebody like an ex of like that she had been with for five years and so she auditioned <laughs> I thought it was funny like they asked her who's her ideal guy and she said Obama and they were like, that's it. We're putting you on the show. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Not put her on the show, but they were like, that's it. You are moving up in this process. We really like you. <laughs> I was like, but who wouldn't say Obama? Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen. Uh, I, yeah. No, I, I the question was, did they ask her who her ideal man was or who her parents' ideal man was? I don't know. It was very funny either way. It was, it was really funny. They said, <laughs> who would, oh yeah, who would, they asked her both. Who was your ideal person? Who would your parents love to see you with? She said, Barack Obama. And they were like, you know what? No more questions. <laughs> yeah. And it was just very, it was very obvious they were pushing her along as a diversity person. But yes, her, they her, were. her talking about the mansion really fucked with me. Just listen, it was 20 something girls crammed into three rooms. It's yes. seven to 10 girls per room. 
just yes, like sleeping. Like, and she was like, the yard is horrible. The cracks in the foundation, the appliances don't work. I was like, well, shit, y'all were like yes. in the fucking Hunger Games over Nick Vial, yes. really? Over I mean, Nick I guess. Vial. Yeah, that was wild to me too. Because they, the image of The Bachelor is like this fantasy and this mansion and blah, 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 blah. But the mansion's actually decrepit. Like things don't work. Like it was just like, oh girl, you don't live it like this? Like it, it does not seem that way at all on TV. Also, they were getting drunk every day. She said she was living like a 22 year old again, like drunk out of her mind, just like yeah. partying, like chilling with the girls, all of that. And I was like, wow, like this sounds like just a huge party until I think she said she got to like the final six and realized she was the only black person left. And she was like, hold on. Yep. Yep. (laughs) She's like, hold up, what's going on here? And also she talks about she's the first black person to get the first impression rose. Yep. Also true. Which is wow. This was not that long ago. This was what, 2017? 2018 2016 when his season was airing yeah so 20 she became bachelorette aired in 2017 so on next season it was 20, oh, right, right, 2016 right. right it was 2016 she was the first black woman to get that first impression rose and to even really go that far and it's just wild to me because chris harrison was here like saying oh 2018 an antebellum party was perfectly fine and i was like that wasn't that was two years after you cast your first Black Bachelorette. What? <laughs> yep. Yeah, so she talks about her time on the show, and then what else? She... Da, 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 da. Oh, let me cut right here. So in her time on the show, she talks about an incident with Vanessa Grimaldi, who is who Nick ended up choosing for the finale, where yes, Vanessa uses her white woman tears to gain sympathy from the fucking producers and be like, oh, Rachel's bullying me because she doesn't talk to me. We're not fucking friends. Right. And, and that is, I think that's also, back to the season of The Bachelorette, I think that's also Aaron's problem, that Thomas is not interested in being buddy with him. Right. Like, it's just like... And so it's like, see, it seems like a whole issue when really yeah. like, you just have issues. <laughs> like Ra- Rachel said, like, Vanessa was super into Nick and didn't even want to talk to the other woman because she was jealous which I knew we could tell from watching the show because you can't edit around most of that shit. Like some shit you cannot edit around. And it was Mm -hmm. obvious Vanessa was like jealous and didn't talk to any of the women in the house. And her confronting Rachel about a bully, I was like, wow. Me too. And it was just the fact that producers backed it, everybody backed it. And she didn't even really know what was going on. She was just knew that they were going to have a conversation, but the way they framed it, made it be like Vanessa approached Rachel. And so it made it seem like Rachel was this bully and when she was really just minding her business. And it was like, they didn't use it, right? Like, I know they filmed it. I I don't remember if they used it. I don't think they used it in that way. Because they they couldn't. They really couldn't. That would just look look bad. Yeah. Because also, you showing that and then announcing Rachel as the Bachelorette would have blown up your whole Exactly. But also, I, I feel like another reason why they didn't air it is because... And afterwards, when Rachel was being interviewed or whatever, this probably isn't why, but they asked her, like, why she didn't show any emotion. And she was like, y'all don't understand what it's like to be a black woman on this white ass show. And I don't, I feel like they weren't expecting her to talk about that. So they're like, yeah, we're not doing this. 
<laughs> we're not airing it. But I really wish they did so that she can call out white fragility and white people tears and white women and how white women weaponize their tears to make other people feel bad or like to make other people to make themselves seem like the victim, which they're mm-hmm. not. Like if they're Vanessa not. really had a problem, she could have just talked to Rachel and tried to be friendly, but she didn't. So why is that Rachel's problem? Correct. I really. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. So I think it's funny that Rachel didn't mention the fact that they spoiled the fact that she didn't go further than a certain point because that is something, maybe it's in her book, but trust me, because we were at, I think it was hometowns week when they announced that she was the bachelorette. We were like, she's on the show. But she's a bachelorette, but she's on the show. Right. Like, we're watching her on our TV screens right now. (laughs) But okay, so she did that, and then she became the bachelorette. She doesn't talk about all the racism she experienced then, but oh boy, I remember it. But she does talk about Peter Krause, and I I agree. (laughs) Yes, I, I do too. She talks about how Peter Krause, I don't remember really watching this part. I think at this point on her season, I got to this point where I was like falling off. I was like, I don't care. It's three white men left. I don't really care. But she talks about how Peter Krause is like just this basic, attractive white man. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. No, here's the thing. I think that he is cute. But she is right in how the story was framed. Like, he was built up as this person she had this intense chemistry with. Their breakup Mm -hmm. involved so many tears. Okay, let's start at the beginning. So she did her whole thing. She gave Brian, the person who chose the end, she gave Brian her first impression rose. And she makes a comment that Brian said, looking back, that's the most Latina he's ever felt in his whole life. Just like watching his edit on the show, which hilarious because it's true but and then the fact that they brought lee who is a fucking racist a confederate flag toting racist they yep. brought the other black guy who had some history of trigger warning sexual assault in his background and oh, then they brought a bunch of other black guys who don't date black women yep And that was the wildest part to me because it was giving very, oh, you're a black, she's black, you should get along. (laughs) And the fact that when she would told them like, hey, like this, I think she called out one, which was, she was like, hey, this guy is not into black women. And they were like, oh, he's not into black women. Let's explore that. And it's like, no, like that was not, that's not it. Like, why don't, (laughs) why don't people know that there are black men out there who do not date black women like why is that a topic on a a reality dating television and she was so right in that she was saying like if you put a white lead in that situation who only dated white people it's weird so why would you put a man like that you you mean who only dated black people oh yeah yeah, it's weird yeah it is weird weird. It, it would be weird and so the funny thing about that is that will did get married to a white woman the other day so shout out to Will. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to Will, Will. Um, white queen. It's I think the only black man on that show who dates black women would have been Kenny. Yes, I was just gonna say Kenny. Like Kenny is the first person who stands yeah, out to me because Kenny's engaged to a black woman right now. He has mm-hmm. a beautiful black daughter. He mm-hmm. has a bonus son because his fiance has another child and. It's a beautiful so family, but mm-hmm. I don't think any other men on the show, I don't think I've seen them with black women because even Eric, Eric was with, 
Angela. I guess she's technically like biracial or whatever, but she does not look black. Quote, you know what I mean when oh, I say she doesn't look black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking no. to Lex, not y'all. But like, she does not appear to be melanated in that way. You can tell <laughs> that she is not white, but she's also not the thing. I don't think there's any other black on on that season that I remember dating a black woman. No, yeah. I think Kenny, Kenny was the only person who stood out to me like resolutely black woman, love black woman, stand black woman all day, every day. Everybody else was like, you, you're here for Rachel? All right. But one thing I found in the article that was so funny is that the producers legit went to her and was like, yeah, you got to send him home. We can't even edit it to make it look like he likes you. Yeah. Will, <laughs> it has zero attraction to her. Zero attraction. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Exactly. Exactly. And it, as the bachelorette, it's that's your that's the whole point is to find somebody who wants to be with you. So why keep this man around and give him a one on one date? Why cast him in the beginning? It was just weird. And then she gets into talking about Lee and how Lee was such an antagonist. But they really pigeonholed these black men on this show to be either angry or not relevant. And yeah, so true. It's so true. It's white people get to be whatever they want to be on this show. But when you are a person of color on this show, you're either causing drama or not on camera. Yeah. Which is sad. Listen, which is so sad. And we're seeing it every single fucking season. We're seeing every it. Every single season. Even on Matt James' season, we're seeing it. Like Every single insane. season. Matt was so blah on his own damn show. <laughs> Listen, he might as well have not been there. I, he might as well not been there. But there's a quote that she says talking about Lee. And so I'm going to read it because <clears throat> I can. Let's say the producers didn't know about the tweets because Lee had racist tweets brought up during the season. So we're assuming the producers didn't know about that. You still brought on a guy who has no experience with black people who is from Mississippi. You brought him on knowing he was ignorant. You brought him on to see what could happen. You can play the, we didn't know he was racist card, but there's no way you didn't know he would cause a problem in the house. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like, And that, I feel like these producers feel like race is just this drama point. <laughs> and it's really not. Like, why does race have to be the drama point when a black person is the lead? That doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't. And then she says they what they did with her, they couldn't have done with any other lead, which means they know what they're doing. They're not going to bring a black person on who doesn't like white people. Why bring a white person on who doesn't like black people? That doesn't make any yep. sense. Listen. And it's harmful. It's so harmful. Like, mm -hmm. it's so harmful to these men, to the black men, to their reputation. It's so harmful to Rachel being in a space with someone who does flat out does not like black people. Like, why would you do that? I really don't. <laughs> I really don't understand. Listen. It's so harmful. They did that. And then they cheapened her love story because they made it seem as if Brian was her, like, runner up because she and Peter mm -hmm. didn't work out. They totally cheapened mm -hmm. her entire love story. So her big happy ending where at the end we're all like, oh my God, we, you're so happy they got engaged. You were all like, Brian, who the fuck is Brian? Like, who is this guy? I mean, that guy she gave the rose to a long time ago. I'm surprised he's still here. Right. Yeah. Which honestly, though, when she gave the rose to him the first night, I was like, she gonna end up with him because <laughs> he was fine. Like, I'm not gonna lie. He was fine. I, I was like, this girl gonna end up with him. I don't think he's attractive. I think he's so fine. What? I think he's so fine. I, 
this is there's nothing for me it's girl girl he's blind okay like, but anyway <laughs> but yeah no but for real so it's true and then watching becca's season so remember it was rachel's season then it was ari's season and then it was becca's season so she says i grew annoyed by becca cofren's season because of the way the producers chose to depict a white woman's story versus mine and then she continues to say she got engaged to garrett yagrin or whatever racist garrett who had a history mm-hmm. of liking offensive tweets. They tiptoed around it and gave him an opportunity to explain. It was as if they, they checked off a box with me, and once they'd done that, they went right back to doing what was comfortable and easy. Yep, yep, which is... I, and that's how I feel with Matt's season, too. It was like, the only the only reason we got a Black Bachelor is because of last year, is because of George Floyd. You know, the yeah. only reason we got a Black Bachelor is because last year white people realized racism still exists. Like, that's the only reason. And so it very much feels like they, they checked off that box with Matt and then went right, right back into the same bullshit with Katie's season, with choosing Katie for Bachelorette and then with this whole season. We'll see how this love story develops, but that's the impression that I get too. Oh, and then we she also talks about meeting Peter's friends, which I was like, what? I don't remember watching that. I, I was like, Whoa. I do. So you didn't see the conversations that were had about the mixed babies. Oh, so reference. She's talking about the friends talking about having interracial babies because yeah, the men so were Peter's, black and so, the women were white. No, no, no. Peter, the, yeah. That's very important to say. So Peter's best friends are black men. But those black men are married to white women. Yep. And it was very much giving like they're interracial, you're interracial, ah, ah, be friends, everybody. <laughs> and Rachel said she really wished they got her face because she looked after her producer like, really, bitch? <laughs> like, really? And so these women, so the men go off and do their thing and she's sitting with the white women. And the white women are telling her about what it's like to be in an interracial couple and to have mixed babies. And she's just sitting there like, what the fuck can I learn from y'all? <laughs> what? Yep, 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 yep. So I would be very frustrated if I was her too. I can't believe they did that. And it's so clear to me that all of these producers don't know shit about Black people. Like, nothing. And she said they she had actually had more Black producers on her show but it's obvious that the people calling the shots don't know shit, do not know shit. They just don't. And they don't care to. That's the thing. They don't, and they don't care to. And then let's see, what else does she talk about? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, on After the Rose when, <sighs> oh Lord, when she talked to Peter and- Okay. Yeah, P- <laughs> You remember so, that part? I so do you remember that special? I don't think I watched it. That's the thing. Like, oh, okay. I really wish I could All go right. and rewatch this entire season so, uh, with fresh I, eyes. I watched it, and in the breakup, there was a lot of crying. Whatever. So obviously, we only see a snippet of these conversations. So Peter apparently said something like, "She'll never be happy without him," or something like that. Which is so like. <laughs> what why would you say that to this woman who's obviously happy no at at the time she was not happy but so okay peter and yeah so peter and richard were never going to work out but peter confessed on that date the the when just him and brian left that he did not see himself proposing at the end of this he did not see himself engaged 
So he saw himself more as that we're in a relationship and we're going to see where this goes. And Rachel was very adamant about wanting an engagement. So that is what was sold to us as the crooks of their breakup, that she won an engagement and he wasn't going to give it to her because he didn't think that he was ready. So I guess in having that conversation about that, he said something mean. And so he apologized for it on the after the final rose special and she pretty much was like i'm thriving without you bitch i don't need your ass i'm good she said i'm living my best life yeah and somehow they all thought she was aggressive yeah so it or angry no 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 it was edited i i remember this vividly because it did look very bad because of course they're frank inviting even on after the final rose they're still cutting certain things so unless you're in the audience you don't see everything so for us at home it looked like she was snapping at him and that he was the one whose feelings were being hurt because she broke up with him because he wouldn't propose to her and then she's ended up getting engaged to the dude that we didn't know. Based Again, this is how the show was framed. So I'm not saying this is correct or not. I remember feeling bad for Peter, but also be like, what did you say to make her say that to you? So I can see why she would have looked like the aggressor to a lot of people based on how it was edited and how we right. saw the season play out. Okay. So that is what I will say to that. I obviously, I don't think that she was the aggressor, but it was right. made to look that way, especially with Chris Harrison's input. Which was gross because even if my thing is, even if somebody is expressing themselves in a way, why does it, why is it negative when a black woman does it? Like Katie can slam, like clap her hands in people's faces all day and we reward that. So why is it that when Rachel does something, it's like, she's an angry black woman. And that's what I don't really like about this. And I did not really like what, what I didn't really like. Cause I didn't watch the after the final rose special. So I didn't know that had happened. And I was like, what the and then I bet people were just like on her ass because people are on her ass about everything blaming her about everything too so it was sad to see that they, she couldn't even get a good edit in her own after the final rose special yeah and that's the problem because then oh when you gosh. look at Becca and Garrett's edit with Garrett obviously liking some racist shit and he was like oh yeah like I was just like I don't feel those feelings anymore and I was like you're a lying motherfucking liar face I know you a liar <laughs> and, and Becca's from the fucking Midwest too so I know that she feels some of that shit deep down in her heart, but right. she's probably or just, I feel like she was probably one of those people who was like, knew he felt that way, but it wasn't really that important to her because it didn't affect her. Like there's yeah. plenty of white people like that who tolerate racism because mm-hmm. it doesn't affect them. Exactly. But then when they get called out, they're like, oh shit, let me save face. No. Cause what happened was he got called out. He stopped doing shit. And then he started posting blue lives matter shit throughout this oh, George Lord. Floyd situation. Oh Lord. So with the BLM and the uprising and everything, he was posting Blue right. Lives Matter shit. Not even just liking right. it. He was posting it. But I, and I feel like Becca saw that and was like, fuck, he's fucking up my money. <laughs> I got to let him go. No, do not quote me on that. I don't know what happened in their relationship. But I do I do honestly feel like there, there are a lot of white people out there who tolerate racism until they reach a point where it looks bad if they do, if they still do. And if you're one of those white people, you need to stop right now. 
Absolutely hard agree. You got to stop that shit. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm done with the YTs. So let us skip on to fully discussing the Chris Harrison comments that she made about him. So there's a very poignant, let's say poignant, is I pronouncing that right? Whatever. The point is that she says this quote that I really agree with. He was not only the face of The Bachelor, he was an executive producer and the head of the team that leads the show. How does that trickle down into how the series is made? The fish rots at the head and it was stank after that display. And mm-hmm. she had never lied. That was facts. Big facts. On but. facts. <laughs> On facts. <laughs> like, I, we could just keep saying facts all night. That'd be it. Yes, yes. Just facts. It's an entire article, really facts. But yeah, I'm so happy she called out that. Not just the fact that Chris Harrison was a host, but he was an EP. And I'm pretty sure he was making some of those cringe decisions. She also called out Bachelor Nation, parts of Bachelor Nation, i.e. Bachelor Clan. I love that. I'm using it from now on. Every time we get a racist person telling us how racist Rachel is, I'm calling them part of Bachelor Clan. Oh, listen, that, that quote, that quote, oof. That's it, was it? The franchise has spent 19 years cultivating a toxic audience. They have constantly given it a product it wants. A Midwestern, Southern, white, blonde, light-eyed Christian. Not all viewers are like that. My higher learning co-host and I have divided it. There is a Bachelor Nation and there is a Bachelor Clan. Bachelor Clan is hateful, racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, and homophobic. They are afraid of change. They are afraid to be uncomfortable. They are afraid when they get called out. Ooh, girl. Yes, which is such a great summary. Like, I don't know if I could have said it better myself. Just from our experience with this podcast, like, we have experienced some of these very hateful, very racist people. And the dangerous thing about them is that they believe they are not hateful and they believe they are not racist when they are extremely racist and hateful and just unaccepting of change. So I'm so happy she called that out because that is a very real part of Bachelor Nation that exists. And they follow. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. There are people who are very following a podcast called The Black Bachelorettes and telling us we're racist. And uh, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, listen, they're doing it just for engagement and that's fine. But then this also yeah. dives into the stuff that she's had to deal with on social media. Fans trying to dig mm-hmm. up dirt on her, receiving death threats, personal attacks. Yeah. She had to mm-hmm. hire bodyguards to protect her. She had to do all that stuff. And then, especially with everything that happened with Chris Harrison, when things came to a head, she was like, yo, fuck this. She's leaving the franchise and she's leaving the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast after 100 episodes because screw that. And I was like, girl, do it. Like, protect your peace. Live your best life with your husband. Like, that's it. Definitely protect your peace. It just like the things that she's had to endure just for speaking up is wild like it's so crazy like hiring personal security getting death threats all for just calling things out and calling out racism and it's really the people who are just so resistant to change and races are so wild to me because it's like why are you so angry like you have everything you're white you have every advantage afforded to you you probably have some money like why does this black woman make you so angry I don't understand. I really don't understand. I understand, but I don't care. 
fuck them i'm gonna live my best life my existence is an is a form of protest fuck you i'm living my best that's life. true that's true as black women our existence is a form of, especially in this space just our voices alone are a form of protest and if you don't like it well you can there. go somewhere else there's the door you can sit on pen it <laughs> sit on and boom it i don't please <laughs> go it's fine <laughs> yeah so we covered most of the article there's still some very juicy snippets in here that we did not talk about so definitely go and read it especially when she called peter weber what'd she say the latin (laughs) how they tried to promo how they tried to promo peter weber as the the latino i forget what she said but it was so funny listen Peter is stupid. So I never, ever, like you said, they had a perfect opportunity to cast Mike Johnson as a fucking bachelor and they chose fucking Peter. I know. It was like, what? Why? Why wouldn't you cast Mike? Like people, and people really liked Mike. I like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but my impression as a casual viewer who didn't even really dive into Bachelor Nation that much but my impression was that people really liked mike and they were gunning for him to be the first black bachelor and then they announced peter and it was like what what peter is not even attractive to me he just looks like this random white guy i'd see on the street listen i would have been happier if they had chosen blake to be honest if they had chosen blake for bachelor or the other guy who got sent home shit jason tatrick who is caitlin bristow's fiance now so maybe i'm glad they didn't choose him but yeah anybody Listen, so many amazing people that they could have chosen. If you're going to choose a boring white man, at least choose one that we actually like. Peter was such a weird pick for that season, I think, because he was just slinging dick in a windmill. Like, we didn't know that much about him, except that he was a pilot and he was sexual. And that was it. And then Mike Johnson just seemed like this really great sweetheart who had this, like, pillar of women behind him and from i think he was from the south and southern gentlemen yeah and they were just like nah yeah like i said (laughs) here's the thing if they could reach back into the ethers of time to have ari be the bachelor they could have chosen someone from becca's season to be the bachelor as well there was nobody from hannah's season aside from mike who was strong enough to carry the role in my opinion sorry not sorry exactly and hannah didn't (laughs) My impression was Hannah didn't even like black men like that. So No, she didn't. And <laughs> also, like, that. Hannah is, like, 22. So all these men were, like, in their early 20s. There's there's no fucking way those guys were yeah. going to be getting... Just, oh God, you're making That's me mad. You're making me mad. Let's just skip it. Let's just <laughs> keep going. You're making me mad. <laughs> So anyway, I will link the I will link Rachel's article if anybody wants to read it. Definitely read it. It's such a good read. I cannot wait for her book to drop because I'm definitely gonna get it and read that shit. I want her to spill all the tea, all of it. And I think that's my final thoughts. What what about you? I'm gonna do some listener comments. But my final thoughts on the article are, yeah, everything Rachel all day. Protect Rachel Lindsay yes. at all costs. Yes. Like, I also, it. she says that she's cautiously going to sit back and watch Michelle. And so am I. Because yeah. I will be very interested to see what they change after 
this whole fiasco with her. Couple. Shit, we don't even know if we're going to keep watching Katie's season. So like, let's that's true. Yeah, that's go. true. At this rate is we'll see. All right, let's get into some listener comments. Okay. What do we got? So MJ submitted her episode two comments late last week, but don't worry, MJ <laughs> got you all the time. So episode two, her title was "Everybody Crying in the Club," which relevant for episode two but also episode yes anyway, so james box guy just said he didn't want to be put in a box guy anymore and he literally put his dick in a box <laughs> exclamation yep. point exclamation point exclamation point yep we said that yes, for real mm-hmm. andrew s of course yes andrew forever so carl going in like this is survivor red flag treating her like she's a business deal red flag giving controlling energy red flag Praying on her known insecurity, red flag. That creepy smile, <laughs> red flag. And I was like, "Yep, I could." All those I could not nod harder to. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Especially approaching her like she's a business deal. Yep. Have you talked to women? <laughs> he, he is not. He is not, not on purpose. So her episode three <laughs> comments. Listen, MJ is gives the best commentary sometimes. Okay, Thomas is a double dipper, sir. Please get your mittens away from the veggie tray. <laughs> Why did you notice that? <laughs> How did you, I'm a double dipper in my own house, like not in public. Exactly. In my own, for my own personal thing, I'm a double dipper. I would never double dip in public. Hilarious. So you see the type of person Thomas is just from that. Just from that. The second point is that Aaron is giving me, me big caveman vibes and that his sun sign is a cancer. I do not know what Aaron's sun sign is, but Bachelor Horoscopes does and I'm going to ask them. <laughs> oh yes we should we should look actually, up his sun sign yes. actually you look it up right now you look at bachelor horoscopes and tell me what his sun okay. sign is so the other comment is they gave no one instructions on how to drive any all-terrain vehicle did they at least this one had a roll cage and i was like you're right because after matt almost killed that girl last season like, they fucking had to give a roll cage Someone give Hunter a magnifying glass for he is now Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> because he's the one that's like getting down to the nitty gritty. Investigative journalism. <laughs> oh my God. It's true though. And Thomas is a great A bullshitter. That is true too. Thomas is a great A bullshitter and we are aware of this. We are. Yes, we are. Which Aaron is a Virgo, by the way. Which also Ooh. tracks because Virgos are perfectionists. Aaron, mm-hmm. a Aaron, a Aaron as Virgo also makes sense. It's sad, yes, but it does make sense. I wonder if <laughs> they got his full chart. I'm gonna have to message him to ask them. Shout out to our friends at Bachelor Horoscopes for having all that pertinent information. And now in the DMs, I will give you some quick thoughts throughout the episode. One comment from someone who will not be named says, "I'm confused by Hunter as a human." And I was like, same. I don't actively dislike him, but I don't think Katie likes him. I don't think she likes him at all. Like, I He has a weird face. I just get over it. Like it the is. hybrid Taylor Lautner and somebody else weird. It's very odd. I don't understand it. I just I can't take mm, it seriously. No, no. And then <laughs> just as a throwback from episode one, but... <laughs> Bachelor Horoscopes also agreed with us that watching Katie make out with Connor being that cat costume was super uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable. I, it was very uncomfortable. Every time I see him kissing her, that's all I think about. This goddamn cat costume. I know, because they just don't, but they just don't seem like they, they seem like they go together, but as friends. I don't know, maybe the romance part needs to build. Maybe it's been the romance part. 
has been forced a little bit, but I just don't see them as like romantic partners right now. No. Nope. Every time I see them kiss, it's like cringe to me. Yeah, it's just, it's not working. I, wait, is Katie out with, never mind. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something later that we're going to talk about off there. <laughs> it's okay. Which Connor B is a Pisces, which tracks to me. That to also tracks. What is Greg? <laughs> what did they say Greg was? Greg is a Gemini. Yeah. Mm. So I don't really see them getting along that much. Do you want to know what Carl is? <laughs> Please tell me. A Sagittarius. Absolutely. The only Sagittarius. That's so that really tracks for me. <laughs> a new Carl is a terrorist. But you know what? It's okay. Thank Guys, th- that thank you for your comments and your shares on this week's episode. Special shout out to MJ as usual. Shout out to Bachelor Horoscopes. And also shout out to our friends at Bachelor Data. They put together this very fun graphic I shared in our Instagram story about how far people get on the show when they get fireworks on their date and that was very interesting so you guys should check that out and look at it yes i saw that too i did think that was very interesting especially because i thought everybody got fireworks on their date and then i realized oh they they don't it's only the (laughs) quote-unquote front runners it's only the front runners yeah I just thought it was a natural thing. Like, you go on a date in Bachelor Nation, you get fireworks. But that's, no, it does not happen like that. Listen, I'm going to tell you, aside from seeing Rachel's face, that's how I knew Matt was going to pick Rachel, because she got fireworks on that date. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Shout out to them. They're still together, apparently. It's a whole shit show. Oh, <laughs> them. whole shit show out here. Shout out. But that's mm-hmm. that's all I have. Do you have any other final thoughts you would like to share? No, just that we'll see how far we get into Katie's season. I'm already bored. (laughs) I've been bored since last week. This week was not as boring. So let's see if they keep me interested. (laughs) But that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out to all our friends. To all of you for tuning in every week, listening to us just talk shit. I love it. Jen loves it. We all love it. Until next time, I'm Lex, she's Jen, we are the Blatchelorettes. Catch you next time. Bye.